0: Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: Your life is your life. You don't get any choice in what you're born into. And for some people, we're born into massive chaos. And that becomes our nomenclature for what we understand to be life. That's the baseline. We look at it, we go, oh, this is life. Yeah. I should accept it. And Don, I don't accept it.
0: Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives, and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are? Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, Please seek a helpline in your city. Hey, my beautiful friends, welcome back to the podcast. When you feel exhausted mentally and physically, do you allow yourself to take a break? We live in a world where productivity is so highly valued and doing and being productive is all that really matters. On the HEAL blog this week, you can find eight crucial reasons that you should take a mental health day. You need this list. So look it up. The link is in the show notes. Most often, the reason you don't feel happy in your life is because you're living it to please other people. You're living it to make your mother proud, your father love you, your friends accept you. When we grow up in chaos and trauma, we're trained to be pleasing because being pleasing keeps us safe. If we can do and be what our parents want us to do and be, they will be kinder and we will be safe. But deciding to live your life for you is the best decision you will ever make. And it is just that. It's a decision. In this quick chat episode, Michael Unbroken is talking about breaking the cycle of how things had always been done in his family and deciding to live his life on his terms. We pick the conversation up as Michael is explaining how at first he thought money was the thing that would solve all of his problems.
1: I'm sitting in my car after getting fired and I'm like, okay, hold on. What is the solution for all this? For homelessness, for poverty, for abuse, for Everything that I've been through for the last 18 years, that is so absolutely insane that I cannot even really understand it at that point in my life, you know? And I was like, oh, it's money. That's the thing that solves all these problems. It's money. Because if we had that, then maybe our lives would have been better. And so I made a declaration to myself. I said, by the time I'm 21, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. And like that legal part was super important, right? Because I have family in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Like I knew the path I was going down. And so I took all those skills I learned in that last chance program. And at 18 and a half years old, I was in a leadership position at a fast food place with 52 people under me. And by the time that I was heading into 21, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company. No high school diploma, no college education. I almost hit my goal. I was so damn close. I made $96,800. But then my life became a complete disaster. Because you see, I didn't have clarity, right? I didn't really have any indication of what it was I wanted in my life. I didn't have any goals. I had no ambitions. The only thing I thought was going to fix and solve this problem, which we all know doesn't, was money. And so, fast forward five years, I'm 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my girlfriend. I'm high from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. My little brother literally tells me, Never talk to me again. You're not my brother. And I'm $50,000 in debt because money does not heal you no matter what the fuck you think it is. And after the the night of this just thousandth rock bottom, right? I just hit the bottom again. I'm like destroying everything again. I'm laying in bed. It's 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit games. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is the rock. This is the bottom. This is as bad as it gets. Yeah. And I, I pulled myself up off that bed. And I went in the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror. And, and to this day, I don't know why I did this. But I remember just I was like, fuck you, man. You need to do something about this. So I'm looking in the mirror. And I remember being eight years old. And the water company had come and turned off our water. And look, they were always turning off our water, our heat, our electricity. We're getting evicted. Another Tuesday. This is not new. But for whatever particular reason on this day, I go in my backyard. I grab this little blue bucket. I walk across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water and I remember being there, being like, you know what? When I'm a grown up, this will not be my life. And in a lot of ways, Don, it wasn't, right? On paper, anyone would look at my life and be like, that's insane that he could accomplish all this coming from nothing. But in so many ways, I was that hurt, lost little boy. Yeah. And as I looked in that mirror and I realized the truth, I was breaking the promise I had kept to myself. And I asked myself a question. said, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And I meant it. And that meant no more being the victim. No more blaming everybody for the shit I was doing. Go to therapy and be serious about it stop smoking, stop drinking, stop cheating, stop lying, get in shape, eat healthy food, learn, educate myself, become literate, stop being ignorant, all of the things. And that's what I did for years and years and years. And even to today, I still do it because I meant that. No excuses, just results, because I had to end this cycle. And in that, one of the really interesting things that has started to happen is now we're helping other people do that to transform their trauma into triumph. And all this work, all these years, all this, everything has led to this moment here with you.
0: Oh, it's an incredible story. It's an incredible story. I just, I think so many people would have just disintegrated, you know, they would have just ended up just like your mom did. There's so much wisdom there that a lot of kids in their teens are not going to have.
1: Yeah. Um, great question. But I'll, I'll, I wasn't a kid at 18. Mm. I stopped being a kid a decade earlier. Yeah. I mean, I stopped being a kid the the first time that I had to go and steal food, mm. right? Eight years old. Like, so for me, the like, I was just tired of it. Right. Mm-hmm. You Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. And I think it's really powerful. He goes, We will only ever tolerate what we allow ourselves to tolerate. I had tolerated it. And even though I was a kid, you know, 18 years old, and I don't know shit about anything, I'm like, no more. I refuse this. And I, I think a big part of it is naturally I am stubborn. Like anyone who knows me, I'm I'm having lunch or dinner with a friend for his birthday, and he goes, you know what I love about you? You're one of the few people I know who always does what they say they're going to do. Don, I've always been that way, but I didn't have the right aptitude for so many things that mess my life up. And at 18 years old, looking at that situation with my mother, the foresight was obvious, can you pay attention to the this is so much about what life is right can you pay attention to the signs can you actually look at them and and more importantly are you willing to do something about what you find when you look at those signs and so here i am in this situation now again my mother has crashed this car drinking and driving hit me for the 10000th time i was done at some point, you got to be done. And the problem is some people aren't done because they're 45 and they're still in relationships with abusive and narcissistic parents, with partners who don't care about them and treat them like crap, with family members who would much rather run them over with a car than help them up, right? And, and we live in this weird world where, and you know this, we hear this all the time, we live in this world where they say family over everything.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: Not for my clients, not for the people that we work with and watch their lives transform, right? The the thing that I was good at as a kid was setting boundaries. I didn't have that word then. That word didn't even exist. I don't even. Th- I think the word boundaries only just started like three years ago. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a kid, and I'm like, no, no, absolutely not, no. And and so it just kept to. It, it just kind of grew, right? It, it just exponentially grew into this thing where the more I went through, the more I pulled away. And part of that is. You know, looking back on and understanding it is the trauma response, right? So I'm in the I'm in a massive sympathetic state, right? I'm a 10 on this thing called the A score, Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey, right? Go research that if you don't know what it is; it'll change your life forever. I teach it actually, and, and so I discover, like looking back, it's like, oh, of course I behaved that way. Of course I did that thing. Look at this trauma. And so a big part of pulling away, because eventually I did the same with my grandmother as well, not to the same extent, but my grandma was all racist. Like she, she was a shitty person to be around as a biracial kid. And so eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm done with you too. We're not going to do this. This is my life. And that's the thing that I was able to do was to take all of the data, extrapolate it for what it was. Most people hide The truth is right here in front of you, right? Like people put it in front of you. They're like, hey, look, this is the real shit happening in your life right now. And then like you've probably seen that meme on the internet, like the house is on fire. And then that like captions is this is fine. That's what people do when they're faced with truth. They go, no, it's fine. Okay. Then don't complain. Because if it's fine, then that means it's, it's tolerable. And it was so intolerable for me at 18 these relationships, these friendships, these experiences with my family, I pulled away. In fact, there, besides my brother and my sister, I don't talk to any of my family. Because why? They don't bring value to my life. They're takers. They seep. They are people who are unhealed, who are continuing the cycle. And, and that's what I recognized at 18 on this moment with my mother, it was like, Don, I know this sounds wild, but like, I meant it. Like I was going to kill her if she ever touched me again. Yeah. Imagine like, it's, it's that like poking the bear. You can only do this so many times to a human before they have a full breakdown. And I was there. And so I made a decision. And that's the thing that is carried in through my life, even to today. Like I am very quick to make decisions. Because if you think about it and you ponder it and you get in that space and so many people are like, yeah, but I know I'm telling you right now, somebody's going to email me and they're like, you should this and that, or this and that, and it's your mother and it's your grandma and it's your family and this and that. It's like, no, I do not agree. Your life is your life. You don't get any choice in what you're born into. And for some people we're born into massive chaos. And that becomes our nomenclature for what we understand to be life. That's the baseline. We look at it, we go, Oh, this is life. I should accept it. And Don, I don't accept it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I mean, I speak to people every day and they are so stuck in, you know, this victim. I, I mean, people don't like it when you say victim mentality, but But people are just so stuck. You obviously were able to say no, to cut people out. It's, It's so clear what needs to happen. What's your advice for people who really are just stuck in that place where they're just taking it?
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the question. And you can look at life through the victim mentality. And I'll say this, like, I played the victim. I'm really good at it. I did that shit. But you know what? You have a decision to make about your life. This is your life. This is the thing people have to really latch onto your life.
0: Yeah.
1: Not their, yours. But everything we've ever understood is it's theirs. Do what they say, act how they say, behave how they say, eat, drink, sleep how they say, show up how they say. And it's indoctrinated not only in our families but in our schools. Raise your hand to go to the bathroom is the dumbest fucking thing on planet Earth. Like think about this for a second, that level of indoctrination. Are you kidding me? I'm a human. I should be able to do what I want when I want to do it. No, no. Raise your hand to go to the bathroom. You're in third grade. And I get, look, we don't have to get in the details of it. I understand why you don't want third graders running around everywhere. But my point is this, at some point that continues. You're 18 Mm -hmm. years old. You don't know how to say yes. You don't know how to say no. Right. And then you compile that with all the experiences of abuse that then reinforce this narrative that you don't have worth or value. How in the hell are you going to stand up for yourself and say no when every single time you've ever tried to, there's pain, there's suffering, there's ramifications? See, what I determined and what I understood to be really true, and I've had this conversation with a lot of incredible people, Dr. Gabor Mate. I mean, I'll I'll just point to him. He and I had this conversation one day, and I said, I have this hypothesis. You tell me if it's right, or at least you tell me what you believe. I had this conversation with Judd Brewer, with Dr. Caroline Leaf, with Anna Lampke, with Tim Story, with Tom Bilyeu. Now I'm having it with you. Trauma, like that, that abuse that happens to us, like the thing that continues to impact us is not the moment. It's the emotional impact of the moment that carries the weight that stores in your psyche and in your body, in your physical, mental, emotional. And so when you're going through your developmental years and you're like, I'm going to attempt to be me in whatever capacity that means, right? That's whatever it is that is discovery as a child. And then you suffer for it, abuse, beatings, starvations, molestation, like whatever it is. Well, think about this for a moment. Your brain serves really two primary functions. Everybody always talks about survival, right? We all at this point, we get it. The brain is built for survival. Yes, we know that. The thing that's not discussed enough is the, call it primary function 1A, right? It's just right next to survival. It's meaning making. Because when we make meaning of the experiences of our life, it helps us be able to navigate the world. So if you live in a life in which in third grade or fifth grade or when you're 14, when you try to be you, right, maybe it's the clothes you wear, the way you speak, the music you listen to, the food you eat, the way you show up, and you get hurt. Literally, sometimes physically hurt, emotionally hurt, berated for being you. The brain is making meaning of that. And it's going, shit, I better not be me. It's dangerous. And so guess what? That actually serves you for a period of time. Isn't it crazy that the safest thing you can do is not be you?
0: Yeah.
1: And then you're 24, 36, 52 years old. You don't know how to say yes. You don't know how to say no. You definitely don't know how to put boundaries in place to protect yourself. And so course of course you can't move away from the people who hurt you how could you you've never one time been you and that's what healing is like that like like seriously i was talking to dr Muriel bouquet she's an amazing human all she talks about is the somatic experience in healing trauma and i said to her the moment you can be you authentically Like really, and that's a word motherfuckers throw around, like authentic is such a word that people just drop all the time. But seriously, when you can be you as you are, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually, financially, all the ways that a human being can exist, that is healing. And the only way that you can get to that is to first look at what is happening in your life that is keeping that from being a possibility. And for some people, it's your mother.